Hey guys, I'm Kate, and this is In Between Naps, a podcast where we explore all things motherhood. So this week, what's more important to the moms than sleep? This episode, I had my um, wonderful sleep consultant, sleep coach, whatever you want to call them, um, come on and chat with me. And I have to tell you, this woman, her name is Mandy. Um, she changed our whole household. So Jude has been a bit of a difficult journey this whole time and sleep was no exception. Um, so when we, we went into basically survival mode for the first three months and most people do. Um, so I, Jude's my first baby and I had no idea what I was doing with him. And so the first three months, two so when you have the new one they sleep all the time and most of Jude's naps would be done in my arms or Nima's arms whoever did the naps so we would feed him to sleep I would breastfeed him and he would go to sleep and when it got even harder we would have to breastfeed him until he was docile and then rock him to sleep And so we did that for for three months and it was miserable. I think most moms know that trying to get a baby to sleep unless you have a great sleeper. So if you have a great sleeper, just listen to this episode and be like, oh my God, thank God that I didn't have a difficult sleeper because by the end, the night before we, we called Mandy and I was referred to her by our lactation specialist. So this is like a whole crew of women that I was lucky to be introduced to and totally changed the projection of my motherhood. So Mandy, we called her and the night before Jude would not sleep and me and Nima alternated sleeping in the nursery with Jude in our arms in a rocking chair. And Yes, our rocking chair is super comfortable. Thank God. However, it is not comfortable for an adult to sleep with in a nursery in a rocking chair with an infant in their arms. And for me, with my boobs out while I was breastfeeding him because he fell asleep on my boob. So it just really wasn't a great situation. And we knew it needed to change. Um, so around four months is when we we got our shit together and called her. Um, she made it the most gentle sleep, quote unquote, training. Um, I know that's like a a controversial thing, but I think it's only controversial if you have a good sleeper or you found a really good system that worked because for us it didn't and... Mandy made the the process really, really peaceful. And we were really lucky because Jude took to it pretty easy, which was great. I think he he was as tired as we were. So um, she got us on a really great schedule. And, you know, she really held her hand through it. And I really can't. People thought it was very bougie that we hired a sleeping consultant. And I totally, I, I, I see it. However, you buy a whole bunch of other dumb stuff for baby life and she was the best money we ever spent. 
So skip the really expensive rocker that you're going to use or bouncer that you're going to use for three months and get a sleep consultant who you're going to be in love with for the rest of your life because it's mama you need sleep ever since we got Jude on a good schedule you know I feel better as a mother in in general I'm able to be rested and know when I have my nap schedule coming up and I know what to look for in the future and when to push it and when not so the education really helped me um you know survive as a mother and continue to to make it an easier process so um here is Mandy I really hope you guys like her I really hope you guys like this episode and at the end if you want to contact her we had other friends contact her and hire her from abroad so if you're listening and you're like oh my god I'm so tired you can contact her and she's um, it's all digital even she's in Los Angeles with us and we never even met with her so it was amazing we end up meeting now because me and her had a few play dates with our kids because we just really liked each other <laughs> um, but other than that I just absolutely adore what she does and you know I hope you guys like it and find a little little help in this Hey, lady. Thanks for coming. Oh, hey. So nice to be chatting with you today. Thanks for having me on your podcast. So let's start in the beginning. What is the most important thing to start when you get home and you have your baby to start on a good sleep schedule or a good sleep future? Routine and recognizing that hunger cues and sleep cues actually look the same. Do you remember that at all? Yeah, totally. totally. So it's like... They're just pissed. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And they, they do the same things when they're tired. So when they're tired, they try to bury their head in you, which to a lot of people looks like they're trying to nurse. Yeah. Um, They close their eyes really tight. But they're actually doing those things because they're trying to block out stimulation. Totally, and totally. so it's so, it's like such a tendency, I think, as new moms to be like, oh my gosh, they're hungry. Oh my gosh, they must be hungry. Oh my gosh, they must be hungry. And we forget that they're probably tired if they've just eaten. Then what they probably really need is a nap. Totally, totally. And that's one of the things that drove me the most crazy was people being like, oh, your baby must be hungry. I, I feel the same way that that really um, killed me because I was talking to Debbie about this and it kind of like flows together. So because eat and sleep kind of are like all of baby land. Like, yeah, those totally. two worlds are it. So I feel like when people are constantly like, oh, you don't your baby's hungry, your baby's hungry. It's like not only messing up the sleep of them. But it's also messing up, like, the woman being like, oh, am I producing enough or, like, this or that, where it's a little bit harder to, like, gauge when you have a new baby because you're already batshit. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point is that it does start to make you 
question your supply, if you are breastfeeding, if you weren't already questioning it. And yeah, so I think that when you plan for them to eat after and you are focusing on those full feeds, that gives you more confidence, I think. Totally, totally, totally. And yeah, so it's a great way to start it because personally, if I didn't have you, the eat, play, sleep was um, insanely unobtainable. And I think that's like for most moms is what like most moms, they nurse their baby to sleep. And that might work for some people, but it did not personally work for me (laughs) or probably most of your clients. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely, because it ends up causing a disruption somewhere, right? And usually that somewhere is around the fourth month. That is, that's a regression, correct? Is that what it's called? Yeah, <laughs> yes, the regression. But I think, um, I think we use that word, and so everybody fears it. But if you kind of change how you think about it and recognize it's actually a progression, because baby sleep is maturing Mm -hmm. and they're growing into four sleep cycles like we have as adults, except they do it in 45 minutes instead of 90. And um, they had previously only deep sleep and REM sleep. So their, their sleep is just changing. It's just one more developmental thing that's happening to them in their, you know, whole little crazy first year of life. Yeah, it's and yeah, so it's like if you just think about it, that they're going through a big change, it makes it a little easier to handle, especially if you have an independent sleeper and you feel confident in your process of what to do when they're having maybe um, some tough wakings or some weird things going on. Right, right. So sound mm-hmm. machine or no? Yes. I think majority of the time a sound machine, especially for a newborn the sound is very calming to them because it sounds like the womb. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really feel like that is very helpful for a newborn to have a sound machine. Now, maybe you want to get rid of it around the third month of life and you're fine because you have a fairly quiet household and this, that, and the other thing. But if you don't have a quiet household or your baby could be woken easily, then I would say use a sound machine because you wouldn't want to be trying to take a nap and hear pots and pans clanging, right? That would be really hard to fall asleep. Totally. Well, your totally. baby doesn't want that either. Totally. And the same goes for I'm going to to all the things that you fixed for us. So for us, it was <laughs> it was, um, and again, literally changed all of it. So, and the darkness, which is also a huge help. Key. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And and again, I think you're right. It's just like if you think of how we want to sleep as adults, I can nap on the couch, but I don't really nap that great. <laughs> but if mm-hmm. I was in a super dark, cozy room, that's a great way to nap. Definitely. And that's exactly what you want as far as sleep environment. You want a dark room. Even during the day, I want it to be dark enough that you can't read a book. Mm-hmm. which is pretty dark. Um, and that's just giving your baby those sleep cues and giving them a really nice environment to go to sleep in. And also even better, keep them asleep longer because a baby who wakes up after a sleep cycle, so we're talking 40 to 45 minutes and they see a little bit of light, that's very stimulating. Totally. And so they may not consider going back to sleep if they feel 
slightly refreshed from their one sleep cycle and see, see light. Right. You're going to have a lot harder time getting that baby to take a long nap than a baby who wakes up to a pretty darn dark room, doesn't want, realizes they're still sleepy, and then just drifts off back to sleep. Correct. And same with nighttime, especially this time of year, you know, how we've got the sun coming up earlier and earlier, and sure. a lot of people are like, my kids aren't sleeping as late. Well, check how dark your room is. If their room is not dark enough, then the sun is probably what's waking them up because we have a lot more light sleep from 5 o'clock on, and we have cortisol that has dripped into our body at that point preparing our bodies to wake for the day. So awaking at 5.30 for your little one with tons of daylight, like they're going to be mostly ready to go a lot of the time. But darken that room and you will probably see a change pretty like the next day. Right. That's yeah. For us, we, we went ape shit on that concept. So he literally has like blackout curtains. He actually has like three sets of curtains in his room. <laughs> and I'm not even gonna lie to you. I don't even care. Uh, when I originally did the nursery, I made it like all super pretty and like cute curtains that you could like see through. And then as soon as we got you, I was like, Oh my God, no, 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 no. Cause I would rather sleep than have pretty curtains. Right. Take the mobile off the crib. Yeah. Make that room super dark. <laughs> I've walked into things because that room is so dark. So that's yes. that's how dark we are. Like, and that's you know you've got a good dark room when that happens. Totally. I'm like I know that room like the back of my hand, and I've still walked into that ottoman numerous times. So that's how you know, and and it worked. So at what age about are we looking at like longer naps? So like at three months before, I feel like anywhere up to about four months, it's because of the rhythm and everything that you have kind of like a shitty sleeping situation. But like mm -hmm. now Jude's almost 11 months and he is sleeping like a two hour nap. But before, obviously, it would be like a 30 minute nap or a 40, you know, one cycle. Yeah. So if you have a baby who's not a great napper or a chronic short napper, which is what both of my kids were, and definitely with the second one, I mean, they were both independently sleeping. I was doing everything I knew. They just were chronic short nappers. Um, so for kids who are like that, it usually settles in as they get close to transitioning to two naps. And if it doesn't by then, then when they transition to two naps is when you finally get a baby who will take long naps. And I don't know if it's just because there's so much change happening as far as their sleep goes and their development goes up until two naps where things really get consistent because you stay at two naps for six to eight, nine months. And I think that's about when, if you have struggled with that for a long time, you can know, okay, at six months, that's going to be behind me. But for people who do have chronic short nappers, it's not the end of the world. Um, you probably will need to hold on to a fourth nap for a bit longer, to right. a third nap for a bit longer. So your transitions are going to come later to make sure that your baby's getting the amount of sleep that they need. And I feel like you are just going to make yourself really efficient for 45 minutes because that's what you know you have. Right. Now I like live for naps, but I have some friends that like their babies nap for shorter amount of times. 
or like doesn't mm-hmm. have like you have bred me to have a very consistent sleep regimen <laughs> routine yes <laughs> which which is life-changing for me and like that's how our household is run and it works but I have other friends yeah. that like just are like eh, I just put my baby down whenever they're tired Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm like, okay, so every three and a half hours, I'm sitting here like, okay, I'm going to get a break. I'm going to get a nap. And he's going to at least sleep for an hour and a half. And so the short, the short napper thing, I don't know if I could do. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh God, I live it, for naps. They're my favorite. Yeah. I would say if, if there are short naps still occurring somewhere after they've transitioned to two naps, then then something is probably off somewhere, whether it's timing, whether they are not totally an independent sleeper or an independent sleeper at all. Mm-hmm. Um, awake times, like they're awake too long, they're not awake long enough. You know, something is probably needs to be fixed. Right, totally, totally. And so to that, what are the biggest like crutches that everybody you come by? Oh, breastfeeding, number one, for sure. (laughs) Guilty. Majority, majority. And um, sometimes bottle feeding, but usually if the baby is bottle fed, they're more likely to have a pacifier prop or a like rocking holding prop. Right. So those would be the three main ones, but breastfeeding for sure, number one. Yeah, it's a hard one. It's a hard one, especially if you don't start with the the eat, sleep. Eat, yeah. play, sleep. Sorry. I'm like, eat, pray, love. That's where I'm at. <laughs> that's all I keep hearing. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's yep. a hard it's a tricky one. one. I mean, I, I had to work at it. You know, I knew my goal, but I didn't make it just happen when I had a newborn. I had to put effort into keeping her awake totally totally because you see your baby or trying to sleep or getting sleepy or cranky and to be mm-hmm. able to like, try to push them is a little bit hard even right now I'm currently um trying to push Jude a little bit further on things and he's getting crankier because it's like a few days in uh-huh but like I know yeah. that he actually needs it, and so yes, that's like the balance where it's like okay, no, we we gotta keep keep going, keep going, keep playing. Yeah, yeah. and I think that that's likely to happen anytime a baby transitions. Like Jude is nearing one, he is probably I see most babies have some change of sleep needs as they near one, mm-hmm. and then not too long after that they transition to one nap and it's like when babies go from three to two when babies go from two to one they have a period of grouchiness and totally they just have to get through it while their body adjusts and their body will adjust it doesn't mean that they're not ready for that transition it just means that it's not like totally easy breezy on them right totally 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 so we are raising children and making them sleep so why is yes. the sleep hygiene so important like i said it's like eating and sleeping are babies whole lives so mm-hmm. 
what what breeds yeah. from good good sleep hygiene? So when babies sleep, really sleep through the night without props, they are getting into much deeper levels of sleep than a baby who is constantly waking. And those levels of sleep are allowing their bodies and their brain to grow and prepare. And I mean, that is a baby's entire job, its first year of life, is to grow and develop. Mm -hmm. And the things that aid that are sleep and nutrition and love. Love has to be there too. Um, That's the easy one. Yeah. Um, so sleep is going to, is going to, um, help them with that development. It's going to build up their immune system, which is, you know, especially right now, such an important thing, especially when they're not getting their vaccinations in the first six months of life. And so you really want to give them everything they can to be the healthiest, best version of themselves and you're going to get that through really good sleep and I think it allows the mom to give the best version of themselves I absolutely agree with you like we don't function well over long periods of time without sleep and that messes with the prefrontal cortex which is where we have mood regulation and you and I both had postpartum depression yeah, and that and it's like sleep did not the lack of sleep did not yeah, help. Yeah, lack any of regard. sleep does not. It doesn't help you control anything. It doesn't help you control your emotions. It does the exact opposite. So getting that sleep really does like it helps you be the best parent, the best partner, because it really is a, important to be a good partner during all of this. This is hard. Totally. Uh, yeah. So I, I just obviously I do this because I think sleep is really really important and babies don't need to be lacking in it there are ways to get them to go to sleep that are gentle and healthy totally because to- you know obviously a lot of people think of sleep consultants or sleep trainers to just be like the cry it out method which working with yeah. you obviously it was not that on any regard and yes it pushes the parents past what they're normally comfortable with but that's because what we were comfortable with wasn't working (laughs) yeah and so I think like that has a bad rap because I remember like quite a few mom friends would be like oh really you're you're hiring one and I'm like yeah that was the best money I've ever spent my whole life (laughs) like period like I'd do it again so that's it's really um for me I think once once we got Jude to a good sleeping situation, you just kind of realize like, oh my God, that's so important. Because yeah. I remember and you, you telling just, like, me. like see how everyone changes. Yeah. And I remember you in the beginning, it was really funny when you told me, you know, in, in three weeks, your life will totally change and you'd want another one. And it's so true because prior to that, I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm never, I'm never going to sleep again. Like ever, ever, ever. <laughs> And I'm never doing this to myself again. And then it was like, oh, great. Like, no, I could totally do this again. I can just breeze through yeah. those three months and then 
<laughs> you're a crazy person and then after that it's okay yep yeah yep it's- totally it's amazing how you know over the course of two or three weeks it your life just totally changes once there is good sleep happening totally and then personal question for you so when you went from one kid to two how did you did did you get them on the same sleep schedule like how did how did that work for you Oh gosh. Um, not at the beginning for sure, because you know, the first three months are crazy and it was like, there were some overlapping naps, but again, I was dealing with, you know, um, a younger one. My kids are like exactly two years apart. So my older one was two on one nap, taking a good solid nap. Um, and the younger one was having like, 30 40 minute naps right so um so that beginning part was all you know out the door as we got towards two naps I was trying to definitely figure out how I could make some overlap happen in there and not a lot did happen but I just came to appreciate my one-on-one time with each of them knowing it wasn't going to be that way forever and I did have a very similar wake up time for them in the morning. I got the the younger one up earlier so that I could have her nursed and then got Ariel, my older daughter, up to actually like get things going and stuff like that. So so that she didn't feel like I wasn't paying attention to her right off the bat in the morning. Right. Oh, that's really smart. Um, yeah, and then the younger one went down for bed about 30 minutes earlier at night and so then we got to do um just bedtime routine with just Ariel in the evening so and that was nice too for her right right yeah because she's still I mean she's still her own person so adding one in yeah and so yeah you you definitely have to like figure out some level of special one-on-one time with with each kid and then now that they're um three and a half and one and a half they are on very similar schedules so they get up at the same time in the morning the younger one Evangeline has napped 30 minutes before Ariel and then they get up from nap at the same time and then Evangeline goes to bed like 15 minutes before Ariel that's amazing so now I have the golden hour where both kids are sleeping. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's really nice. I th- please, I live for as soon as Jude goes to bed. I'm like, oh my god, thank you. I needed it as much as I love spending yeah. all day with him. It's like by the end of the day, I'm like super tired, and yes, I can't. I agree. Imagine I'm like, can we turn on Netflix now? I know. I'm like, oh my god, what trash TV can I watch now? Because I just need I to zone out so instead of nice. making. <laughs> making um... so nice and I'm so grateful that I you know I we do bedtime routine we say good night we say we love them and then that's it I see them in the morning yeah that that part is the most rewarding part I think because for me when I like had to sneak and put Jude to bed so like I would nurse him and then (laughs) I would like rock him to sleep I was Mm -hmm. always sad because I actually couldn't say good night to him or kiss him good night and now, since cool. I put him to bed awake, I literally, like, mm-hmm. kissed him, and I'm like, good night, I love you, like, it's such a more special moment than, like, 
tiptoeing out of the room and hoping for the best. Oh, I love that. I've never heard you say that before. And I think that that's such a lovely thing to hear because a lot of moms I work with, understandably, are kind of sad knowing that that last time is the last time they're going to be nursing them to sleep. And Mm. um, and I I really love that perspective of like, but you get to do this wonderful thing of actually telling your awake baby, like, I love you, sleep tight, good night. Yeah, it's so much more special. I mean, nursing to sleep, um, you get stuck there and then you can't move. So really, that's not the special part. The (laughs) the saying good night is is wonderful. It's nice. It's really nice. And that's that's something we didn't talk about, which is absolutely something to start very early on, which is a bedtime routine. And when they're younger, maybe you're looking at 10 to 15 minutes. But as they get older, like 20 to 25 minutes or so of just a really wonderful evening that's the same for your child every night you do maybe you do a bath maybe you don't um and then you have books and you have pajamas and you know going through those same things and creating a ritual and a time for connection Mm -hmm. as a family unit I think is it's so important to your children and it cues them for sleep because sleep is a journey you don't just turn off a switch I mean, the like crazy tired mom, sure. (laughs) Typically, typically it's a journey. It takes us a little time to wind down and get comfortable. And so doing those things for your baby, having a bedtime routine, singing songs is my favorite thing as like the last thing that you do because it's a very strong cue, singing the same song. Yeah, I um, love that too. It's such a strong cue for them. And that just helps get their subconscious ready to sleep. Totally. And it, like you said, it's just a nice moment for the family. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like once, once I really, I can't sing your praise high enough. Um, Once we like got you and you like helped our family, that nighttime ritual is now like as a family unit, like we come together. It's our favorite time of the day. Mm-hmm. Like it's like Nima stops working. He comes and does it with us. Like it's like this whole thing. And it's just like extra nice where before that was a really stressful time for us. It was like, Uh shit, how are we going to get this kid to bed? And now it's like, okay, good night, Jude. Like, love you. Bye. (laughs) But we like giggling in the tub and, you know, like we're having fun as a family instead of stressing out about it, which is a nice nice switch. Yeah. And it's that quality time that kids thrive on of every age totally totally yeah I, and I feel like I keep on getting like a lot of questions of family members being like how do you think this COVID is like affecting your little baby and for me like I don't mm-hmm. yes I wish he was playing with other people and kids but <laughs> I also think like the environment that we make at home it's a safe place and he's happy. So there's really not yeah. like much more you can ask for. Yeah. Um, he's with his two favorite people and his little pet sibling. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> we got, we got him, you know, those um, robotic dogs or whatever. And they're like, woof, woof, woof yeah. and come at you. But we got him one uh-huh. and he's obsessed with it. And he keeps on trying. He's stealing our real dog's bones and trying to give it to the fake dog. 
<laughs> oh. like the sweetest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's really sweet. It's really, it's That's a fun adorable. place to watch. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the barking dog doesn't annoy you yet? No, no, not yet. Well, it only barks twice and then it falls to sleep. Ironic. <laughs> oh, oh, yours is like a million times better than ours where there's a button on the leash. And if the button never gets pushed again, it just barks oh and barks God, and barks. Up. No, 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 no. So if the kids leave it on upstairs and then come downstairs and I hear this barking up there, I'm like, oh, oh dog. God, no. The dog Ours is going like... to run out of batteries real soon, I think. <laughs> You're like, I hate that dog. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no. Not Ours barks for like two little woof woofs and then it starts snoring. And then it falls, it's gone. So that's great. (laughs) You should replace theirs with that one. Uh, I should. Good job on you for reading Amazon. (laughs) Seriously, seriously. Um, So back to all of the the fun part. Um, So when you're working with a client, when do you like normally start to see changes? Like how, how quick can you turn this all around? Depending. <clears throat> it ranges. I would say by night three, we see some pretty significant differences. Totally. That's how it was so for it us, is too. Very, very fast. And that is one of the bonuses, I think, of working with somebody who knows sleep and knows babies and knows patterns and stuff like that is that it usually does happen faster working with somebody than if you were to do it on your own. And that's not because the parents aren't doing a good job. It's just that they may not know everything to look out for. And Mm -hmm. so maybe something is kind of kept around that they didn't actually realize was causing a problem. And so it prolongs the situation. And the longer you're prolonging teaching a baby new sleep habits, the harder it is to commit to them. And I think that's often why we see a lot of parents um, perhaps not be successful in the end is because it just, like something was off and they weren't aware of what it was and then it just got too hard and too exhausting totally totally. especially if you have a baby who's a tougher sleeper like you had a tougher sleeper both my kids were tough sleepers like they exist tough sleepers (laughs) (laughs) no it's real and so hearing about the mom whose baby is just magically taking these naps and magically sleeping through the night and you know, those are unicorns. That is so wonderful for them. My goodness. How yeah. amazing would that be? But that's not most people's reality. And it doesn't mean that everybody has a tough sleeper either. There's there's middle of the ground. Right. Totally. Um, but yeah, I so I think I work with a lot of totally, tough, totally. with a lot and of I think tough it's sleepers. like I have a lot of friends that have like I've had friends that um their baby just slept through the night the second day home from the hospital which good for them but I did not and um (laughs) cool but then there's also ones that I feel like for me Jude was in such a a bad state that like we had to learn to ditch the habits but there's some moms that like their babies are the same age as Jude and they are still able to lean on those and sleep longer you know like since every baby is so different, mm-hmm. like I couldn't, 
Jude wouldn't be sleeping through the night if I still nursed him to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I No, like, that was evident from when he was four months old that that was not that, you know. We hey, needed he to was ditch a boob guy. Yes. We <laughs> needed to ditch that back. He still tries. He still tries. <laughs> like, sometimes with the, the... Persistence. Yeah. Now we're going through the, the teething deeply. And, and that happens, oh. like, sometimes I have to, maybe, like, once a month I'll go in and feed him. And then the next day he'll try, and I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. We're not, we're not starting this again. <laughs> like, I know you yeah. were in pain yesterday, yep. and today you're just trying to push your luck. Yep, exactly. And th- what they're doing is they're just trying to understand what the rules are. Right. Something was different than it has been. Totally. Okay, well, is this going to be different again? And if it's different again, then they're really going to think that it's probably going to be different again. And right there, it's that kind of three-night rule where if you do something for three nights, good or bad, you're going to see changes. Totally, totally, totally. Like um, when we were traveling and I called you and I was freaking out and we were just like went back to hunt like crutch mode for all of that time to get through it. It's like by the time we got home, it was a whole new thing and we had to break it again. Yeah. Which is not true. Yeah, and that, that happens. There are definitely regressions that are caused by scenarios like sickness or like travel. Because sometimes you're traveling and your baby is out of sorts. I mean, you guys traveled to New York. Right. So you had a huge time. Like three hours is enough to mess you up. It's oh. enough to throw off a baby. It's enough to cause night waking. Yeah. And if you're not able to handle the night wakings in a way that you're, you usually do because you've got, I don't know, you're in a hotel and there's someone next to you or you're in a house full of people. Right. Um, and you don't want your baby making a peep, <laughs> then you're probably going to end up with, you know, a little regression. But the good news is they haven't lost the skill. They just have gotten confused about what the rules are. So once you put the rules back in place, they're able to understand that and get back to it really easily. Totally, totally. Agreed. Agreed. Well, (laughs) I'm going to um, let you go be normal and go watch your Netflix. Thank you. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right, lady. Thank you so much for chatting with me. And I can't wait for this to come out and help all the bad sleepers. I know it. Thank you for having me on. I hope that there was some good information in there for people about how to at least definitely how to start off. that journey of bringing a baby home totally and how can people reach out to you because I know every I've already had other friends hire you so (laughs) how can they hire you how Um, can they get their own Mandy definitely so you can go to snugglebugdreams.com or you can find me on Facebook under snugglebugdreams and you can, I don't know, are you able to put a link maybe? Yes, I can. So I will link it as well. Okay. And then my information's on there to message me or to call me or to email me. Uh, I can give you my email as well, which is snugglebugdreams at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty easy. Snugglebugdreams. That's yep. find her there because it's the best money I've ever spent my whole damn life. Well, I am so so glad that you reached out to me and that we were able to make things just night and day different for you because I know how much more 
you were enjoying certain aspects of motherhood once you all were getting sleep. For sure. For sure. Literally, you changed our whole household. So it's amazing. Thank you. Oh, makes me so happy. <laughs> I'm glad. You're welcome. All right. Well, have a good night, lady. All right. You too. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks, guys, for listening. Um, I really hope you got something from this, and I hope it brings you a few extra hours of sleep at night. Um, again, totally contact her. This is not an advertisement, but literally, I when I find something in motherhood that works, I'm all about it, and I think every mom is like that. It's like, that worked. That was worth it. So that was worth it. Um, I hope you subscribe and listen to all future episodes. And again, we have this um, right now, well, for this season, we are still doing the um, tell your story. So anything that has to do with motherhood that we've covered so far or we haven't covered so far birth, pregnancy, autism, anything, anything, any of your stories, pregnancy, creating boundaries with others, anything. I think that we all have our own struggles and to be honest with them is important. And I think the more honest we are with them, the less mom shame and less mom guilt and all of that will feel because we often look at other moms and we're like, damn, they really have it together and they probably don't because none of us really truly have it together. We have really good days, but then some days it's a shit show. So let's be honest with that. <laughs> um, so I'm still doing this thing. If you haven't heard, um, you can call or text and at the end of the season, I'll anonymous, anonymously, anonymously take all of the submissions and put it together for one episode. So this will be a dive into all of your stories. So I think it's really great. And I'm so thankful and so impressed by all of the stories that have already been submitted. So keep them coming, ladies. Um, again, you could call or text them. And they'll stay anonymous. And so here's your, here's your open letter to, to motherhood. So call or text to 310 853-2591. And then at the end of the season, listen to the motherhood as a whole episode and you'll hear your story along with a whole bunch of other moms. So it'd be a really great, great thing to hear. So I thank you again so much for listening and tell your mom friends because I really like doing this and chatting with you guys and follow us on Instagram and I look forward to hearing from all of you. I hope you all keep it real and keep it going. All right. Adios.